The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Some people have lots of children, and I have lots of books. Hi, I'm Victoria Moran, the host of the Main Street Vegan Program, and I do have lots of books. In fact, number 13 is just about to birth, and this one I did not write by myself, but with the capable comradeship of J.L. Fields. And we got some help on top of that from 60 amazing certified vegan lifestyle coaches and educators from Main Street Vegan Academy. So the book whose birth we are celebrating right here, right now, is the Main Street Vegan Academy Cookbook. And my guest today is is Main Street Vegan Master Coach, who went from food blogger uh, to coach, educator, cookbook author, PCRM Food for Life instructor, a university culinary instructor, and a radio host. Her show's called Easy Vegan, and that is none other than the inimitable J.L. Fields. She writes the monthly vegan dining review for the Colorado Springs Gazette. She works as a career coach, a corporate consultant. She's the author of The Vegan Air Fryer, which won Best Cookbook, Cookbook of the Year even, from Veg News Magazine. She's also the author of Vegan Pressure Cooking, which is just coming out in a new edition. She has started and is the director of the Colorado Springs Vegan Cooking Academy. But we're going to talk today about our book and our relationship as co-authors. And after the break, we're going to be joined by an interesting cavalcade of recipe creators who see veganism very differently from one another. And yet, in some ways, we're all the same. Welcome, J.L. Fields. Uh, It's so great to be back, Victoria. Can you believe our book is almost out there in the world? Oh, it's really, really (laughs) almost out there because the pub date is December 19th. But Amazon says that they're going to be shipping on December 12th. So people really can get the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook for themselves to help with their holiday cooking and also with their holiday giving. And you know what? If you happen to be listening live, I know that's kind of an old-fashioned thing to do. And most people get the podcast and they are driving and walking the dog and running on the treadmill. But... If you are listening live on Wednesday, December 6th, 
just give us a call at 888-558-6489 and Santa just might have a book for you. So, JL, tell me in a few words what kind of cook you are. Oh, that's easy. I call myself and I am a real world vegan cook. <laughs> and what does that mean? For me, what that means is, you know, I I love food. I definitely consider myself a foodie. I like to create things that are super flavorful, fun, a little experimental. But you know what? I live in the real world. And for me, what that means is that with a busy schedule, I travel all the time. I work really long days. At the end of the day, I want my food fast. And so that means I'm either going to do something really quickly in the pressure cooker, but it also means that I have no problem turning to a can of beans instead of home-cooked beans or a frozen fishless filet by Gardein versus making a homemade tofu loaf. And I might make a homemade tofu loaf on the weekend, but during the week, I have no problem turning to some of the best vegan options that are out there at grocery stores to pull meals together really quickly. That is really interesting because I think your reputation in the world is as such a food person that I think that we see you as spending three, four hours a day in the kitchen just because you love it so much. Well, then that means people haven't been reading my books because <laughs> my appliances are, so, you know, I am addicted to appliances and um, particularly pressure cookers and air fryers and they cook up food really quickly. And I'll tell you, it actually last night for dinner, I had an amazing meal. I took two cans of chickpeas and I um, drained them, but I didn't rinse them because we love that yummy aquafaba that kind of binds things. And I marinated them in Frank's hot sauce, vegan butter, and um, a little garlic for a couple of hours, threw them in my air fryer for 15 minutes, and then for dinner had a huge salad with follow your heart, uh, blue cheese dressing, and then these delicious buffalo style chickpeas. And so tons of flavor, um, some from scratch, some raw, and this quickly cooked, and it was a fantastic meal. And I didn't have to spend three hours in the kitchen. Wow, that sounds amazing. And as you were talking, it's telling me that more vegans who are confident about um, cooking and eating well, we need to be telling the world what we eat. I know we take pictures of what we eat, but just how you described it was so lovely. And when I was thinking of asking everybody, you know, how, how do you describe yourself as a cook? To me, I am I'm quick and healthy. There was an old movie, 1950s, called Bell, Book, and Candle. And Kim Novak was a modern-day witch. And in this movie, at least, if a witch fell in love with a mortal, she would lose all her powers. So that happened to her, and she gave this lovely scarf at Christmas time to her Aunt Queenie. And Aunt Queenie looked at it and said, but what does it do? And Kim Novak said, it makes you look <laughs> ravishing, and Aunt Queenie didn't care. And I, I'm a health nut, and so I want to look at my dinner, and I want to think, what does it do? And last night, it was kind of the day before the grocery store, and I was kind of scraping the bottom of the barrel – but I had some micro kale, some cilantro, and some celery, which I tossed with like a rice vinegar dressing and some lemon pepper. And then I topped that with a whole bunch of steamed sweet potatoes, which I just seasoned like crazy with coriander and just all kinds of cardamom. I'm, I'm really becoming a spice nut these days. And it was so good. Unfortunately, I was so hungry, I didn't take any pictures of it. <laughs> well, then it means it didn't happen. <laughs> well, so, so they say. Now, JL, you have mentioned the word appliances, and you really are the vegan appliance queen. So you've got pressure cooking, you've got air fryer, I think you have something else in the works, don't know if you're up for sharing about that. But what is the deal with these countertop appliances? Well, you know, I live in a condo in Colorado Springs. And so it's, um, I, I love it. I have a beautiful view of Pikes Peak, but the kitchen isn't what people would expect from a foodie kind of person. Like it's not big. It's clunky. I don't have, um, you know, it's, it's, it, I don't have a lot of fancy stuff going on in there. And so kind of 
pulling together my approach to food, which is you can make delicious food that's really flavorful and dazzling to people, but in a matter of minutes. And also helping expand a tiny kitchen is appliances, in my humble opinion. And my first love was the pressure cooker, simply because when I went vegan and realized I was going to be eating so many beans and so many grains, because they're awesome and good for us and such a big part of our plant-based vegan diet, I... I invested in a pressure cooker because I knew I could make beans in minutes instead of hours. I could make fluffy rice in minutes instead of, you know, 45 minutes to an hour. And so it helps me make really delicious foods at home and it makes them really quick. And then the air fryer just kind of happened because, um, you know, fried food isn't the devil, contrary to what people sometimes want to say about food, but we could all use a little bit less. I always say I like to use less oil in my cooking now that I use an air fryer so that I can still eat my cupcake. Um, and so air frying is just this way to make fried foods that give us great texture that a lot of people miss when they go vegan. They get this crunchy texture, they get this golden color, and they can use very little or even no oil to get that result. For me, from the practical side, it's because I'm in a tiny condo with no air conditioning. I don't want to overheat my home in the summer. I don't want it smelly from frying, frying foods. And so it delivers what I want from a culinary side of being, you know, pleasing my tummy and my palate. And it's just practical in my kitchen. Mm. So do you have another appliance you're going to explore? Well, actually, you know, nothing that I, 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 I'll just tell you, I play around with everything. And so I've been playing around a little bit with, um, sous vide, which is this sort of, uh, what people, if they're familiar with pressure cookers and familiar with, um, with air fryers, but are new to this idea of veganism, you're probably already thinking that you know them as, pro- as appliances that make meat. And I feel like I, my mission in life is to take something that someone believes is only to make meat and to make it beautiful, beautiful vegan food with it. And so sous vide is this really interesting way to cook long and slow. Um, but it's not like a slow cooker. It's actually, um, when you have food that is, it's sort of, it's vacuum packed in a bag and it floats in water that stays at the same temperature the whole time. And it makes some of the best tempeh I've ever made, some of the best tofu. It's not practical for everybody, but for foodies who are looking for a deep, complex flavor, uh, it's a really fun thing. And, and then I've been playing with this new Ninja multi-cooker that I can like steam in and use it as a stovetop instead of actually using my stovetop. So I just like, I love playing around with that stuff. I can tell. So anybody out there, if you want to write a cookbook, I recommend that you get J.L. Fields to be your (laughs) co-author. She really understands the food part of it. So J.L., to you, what is the most exciting thing about our Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook? I think the most exciting thing, other than how much fun I had working with it, um, working with you on it, but what I am so proud of about this book is that it seems like there's so much going on in the world right now when people, particularly in the vegan movement, um, kind of talk about, well, I eat this way, or I eat this way, or I take this label, or I do this. And what this book illustrates is that vegan is vegan, um, and that we are crystal clear that vegan means don't eat animals don't eat anything that came from them and by the way we want we don't want you to wear them either but the result are recipes that that reflect so many of the approaches that many people are taking whether it is from a weight loss or health motivated position straight up foodie just give me all the calories and the yumminess because it's vegan and so it's all good and i think that it's the cookbook that invites everybody in well, I think that's what we wanted from the very beginning, the idea of, of opening the door widely. And as we look around and see that people are arguing about a lot of things <laughs> in a lot of parts of, of society, to just be able to say, look at these gorgeous recipes and these gorgeous pictures from Jackie Soban of, of Vegan Yak Attack did the pictures for us and Jane Velez Mitchell did the forewords. There are a lot of wonderful people are part of this in addition to our academy grads who, who provided recipes and tips. But if you don't want to make one of the recipes, well, the one on the next page just might be your favorite forever. Right, exactly. So how has your life changed, Ms. J.L. Fields, since Main Street Vegan Academy? 
<laughs> well, basically, there was my life before Main Street Vegan Academy, and then there was my life after. And I'm only kind of, um, you know, I'm grinning while I say that, but it's it's really true. And what I mean by that is, you know, before Main Street Vegan Academy, I was somebody who, you know, I was in my 40s. Um, I was actually 47 at the time that I went through the academy, and leading up to turning vegan at the age of 45, I had worked in the nonprofit sector and uh, worked in uh, higher education. And then I went vegan at 45 and I got really into writing my sweet little food blog that wasn't terribly fancy, but I really, really loved it and got really connected to the vegan community through it. And when I got this offer to co-author Vegan for Her with Jenny Messina, shortly after, I signed up for your very first inaugural Main Street Vegan Academy. And it was in that moment during that week that I realized I had an opportunity wait sitting right in front of me and I had to make a decision. Did I want to just keep kind of doing this off to the side over my lunch break or did I want to take a huge leap and a, a leap of faith? And I decided to pack up my bags. My husband and I moved to Colorado Springs where the cost of living was 55% less than New York and I became a professional vegan. So now I have a cooking school, a vegan cooking academy. I'm on the faculty at the University of New Mexico teaching future chefs who are not vegan, how to cook delicious vegan food for all of us who will go into their restaurant one day. And um, and I write cookbooks and I consult with uh, companies and corporations that are trying to look at food, particularly plant-based food, and make it delicious. And, and all of that, really, I tie back to one week in New York in June, five years ago at the Main Street Vegan Academy. Oh, bless your heart. I didn't mean for that to be an ad, but you know, <laughs> it's, it's just really what happens when, when people decide that they want to not just go vegan, but be a professional vegan. And you, you've really succeeded at that in such an inspiring way. So just quickly here before we go to break, tell us about Uncle Wayne's cookies. Oh my gosh. So a couple of years ago for the hol- holidays are tough. And I know a lot of you are struggling right now um, because, you know, you're going to go home and not everyone's eating vegan. And a couple of years ago, uh, my husband and I were traveling back to Illinois and I asked my sisters who were in charge of the menu, what is everyone making? And they sent me the list of what they were making. And then Dave and I sat down and we figured out a way to veganize everything. So when we landed in Moline, Illinois at the airport, we went to the Hy-Vee grocery store and we picked up all the ingredients and on Christmas Eve while everyone else was cooking we made vegan versions of everything smaller versions of that and then on the day on Christmas day we literally all basically had a plates that looked exactly the same but wow. Dave and I were able to eat our ethics and our family didn't feel like we were you know like saying no we don't want your food and um Everybody was happy. Well, during that recipe exchange, Uncle Wayne's cookies, my great grandma used to always make these cookies. And they're basically in, in different cultures, you call them different things. People, some people call them Mexican wedding cookies and, um, and they're just amazing. But we knew they were Uncle Wayne's because they were always in the freezer. And we'd say, Grandma, can we have some of Uncle Wayne's cookies? Cause they were his favorite. So I veganized them and that's in our book, the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook. Oh, and and they are melt-in-your-mouth cookies for sure. (laughs) So thanks to you and your great-grandma and your Uncle Wayne. That's one of the other things I love about the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook. There's so much family in it. And and there's, you know, somebody's uh, mother's lasagna and somebody else's mother's galumpkis and all of these kind of uh, hereditary and, and different cultural sorts of dishes that just show that the... There are lots of misconceptions about going vegan, but maybe the biggest one, maybe even more than where do you get your protein, is, oh my gosh, it's going to be so boring, and nothing could be further than from the truth. It's true. Well, you know what? We're going to have a break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to have a party. going to be lots <laughs> of uh, graduates and uh, recipe contributors to the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook joining us after bit. And if you want to join in and get yourself a book... That's 888-558-6489. We'd love to hear from you. Stay with us.
Unity Online Radio has helped you grow spiritually through programs like this one, please consider supporting this online radio programming. Visit www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now. Thank you for helping us continue to serve as the voice of an awakening world. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. of thousands of listeners like you have been transformed through the ministry of Paulette Pipe and her program, Touching the Stillness, one of the longest-running programs on Unity Online Radio. Paulette's latest album of guided meditations, Blissful Stillness, is a new and different experience. The mystical quality of her beautiful voice will reverberate through a Zen-style meditation, a mudra meditation, which are yoga hand positions to deepen your practice, and guided meditations, which we know and love. It features a new instrumental sound by Kelly Hunt with a bonus track by Kathy Zavada. Experience a blissful immersion into quiet and stillness by purchasing your own copy at Shop. Dot unityonline.org You're listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back, everybody. We are celebrating the publication of the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook. Oh, my gosh. I hope you want to get yourself a copy for Christmas and all your holiday giving uh, to others. Do have a look. We'd be so happy if you did that. And we have a caller, Ken from Milwaukee. How are you doing? Great. Hello. <laughs> Thanks for calling. Can you hear so, me? Are, are you vegan or veg curious? What's your story? I am vegan. Good yeah, for I've you. Been vegan for, for four years. That's uh, following a, following heart, a heart attack. Oh, bless your heart, in physically and metaphorically. <laughs> so, thank you so much for being part of the program, and we would love to gift you with a copy of the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook of your very own. So, if you can just give your address to to Jeff, our wonderful engineer, we will get that out to you with the holiday good wishes. Congratulations! Thank you very much. Yes, thank you so much. Thanks, Ken. All the best. Thank you. And now we have Linda Voris, who is a master-level vegan lifestyle coach and educator. That means she came back for our advanced program. She's also a culinary instructor and the founder of Veganification, which provides on-site cooking demonstrations, community awareness through vegans' nights out at local restaurants, on-site and Skype coaching, and her weekly blog, Veganification.com. Her specialties include 
include veganifying non-vegan recipes and creating new original vegan recipes, as well as teaching culinary skills to people from the novice to the practiced home cook. And oh my gosh, the recipes she contributed to our cookbook are so, so good. Welcome, Linda. Thanks. Greetings, Victoria. How are you? Oh, just absolutely fabulous. And you're, you're such an active Main Street Vegan Academy alumna. I mean, I'm just so grateful. I know you're going to be hosting JL and me in Sedona. We're going to be speaking at the, the Veg Fest in Scottsdale. And then JL is going to be doing a cooking demo in Sedona and you're going to have a veganification table there. So there is lots going on. So how do you describe yourself as a cook? Well, I would say that I'm a creative, original, gourmet, vegan cook. That sounds about right. (laughs) (laughs) And I guess we should say the Sedona Veg Fest is January 20th and 21st, and that you and JL will be there on the 21st of January. We will indeed. That sounds like some sort of solstice as well, although I guess it isn't. I guess that happens in December. <laughs> well, and I just, I have to say, I have experienced Linda's food because I got to spend some time with her on my last book tour, and she is an amazing cook. Oh, thank you. Well, one of the things I, I, I love about it. your about your contributions to um, the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook, Linda, is you make some things from scratch that most people have never thought about making from scratch. I'm thinking in particular of your English muffins. I just thought that was something that, you know, God made in a package, but evidently not. <laughs> well, my, my favorite meal used to be, prior to being vegan, was eggs benedict, and I just had to try to recreate it, and that's how I came up with the term veganification is learning how to veganify making things that I love that were not vegan but making them in a healthful yet delicious way that not just vegans but everyone would enjoy so what's the secret Linda to making somebody love their time in the kitchen as much as you do making it fun simple approachable anybody can do it Absolutely anyone can do it. You just have to have the, the a few pieces of the right equipment and be shown the skills. It's not really difficult. It's a lot of fun. Well, one of the things I learned from you, and this is what's so wonderful about being vegan. You can be vegan for a long time. I just had my 35th vegan anniversary, but I had never in all these years heard of white whole wheat flour. And that was in one of your recipes. And I thought, what, what does she mean? Does she yeah. mean white flour or does she mean whole wheat flour? But then <laughs> doing some research yeah, no, and talking actually, to you and that it's a thing. Yeah, white whole wheat flour is actually a whole wheat flour, but it's, it's whiter and it's a softer grain. So it actually works pretty much like a regular white flour would, yet it's still the whole grain. So it's a complex carbohydrate. And that's another one of the cool things. I feel like I keep bragging about our book, but it's not just recipes. It's kind of two in one. A lot of it is about how to go vegan, how to be successfully vegan socially and physically in every other way. But we have these things called coaching corners, which are tips from JL and me and Mm -hmm. from our wonderful coaches like Linda. And some of them are culinary, like the white whole wheat flour. And some of them are just little tips on how to make vegan successful and smooth and easy. So we really want to make this work for everybody. So finally, Linda, just fill us in briefly on what you're doing out there in Arizona and what it's like to be a professional vegan. Well, one of the things is, you know, the cooking demos, but the the thing that I'm enjoying doing most is the vegan nights out. I'm going to the different restaurants in the Sedona area and working with them to create what we call a vegan night out. It's a prefix dinner where we specifically craft a three to five course meal and we take over the restaurant. And it's a wonderful way to show them that, hey, we're here in numbers. And and then the follow-up to that is I work with the, the chefs and the owners to create delicious vegan options, most times with the ingredients that they have right already stocked in their pantry and fridge. Now, when most people think about a place like Sedona, I mean, we've heard about the vortexes and the kind of new agey stuff, and mm-hmm. one would think that that was super easy vegan. 
Is it easier there than most places, or do you? is there still a learning curve? There's a huge learning curve there, and that's what I'm really working hard on bridging that gap. And it's amazing how open and receptive the majority of the restaurants are. It's just something that they've never really been exposed to, and to show them how simple and easy it is to make wonderful, delicious meals right in the kitchen, and they can do it right on their line. That's so cool. And I just think for for people like you and and like our listeners, how easy would that be to do pretty much any place? And I think especially this time of year, maybe uh, January, especially restaurants, it's not the best time for them, I've heard, in most parts of the country. And how cool would it be to get a nice big group of, of vegans in one night? And I totally agree with that, Victoria. Um, In Colorado Springs, we did a Colorado Springs vegan restaurant week in November, and eight restaurants participated, and only one was vegan because November is the beginning of their slow season. And we have a local pub that's doing a vegan beer and uh, a three-course vegan dinner with their beers that they make. Um, It's a brewery because January is so slow. So I think that is a great idea, and Linda's model is really incredible. Linda, we love you, and we'll see you in January. Wonderful. Take care. (laughs) Thanks for everything. Bye. You're welcome. Thanks. Bye-bye. Okay. And now we're going to bring on a couple. We've had several couples come through Main Street Vegan Academy. They usually come together. But in the case of uh, our guests coming up, uh, Carlo um, and, and Carmela, they actually came separately. And that works too. So uh, Carlo Giardina and Carmela Lanai are the food duo. You may have listened to their amazing Twitter chats and they're owners of V Marks the Shop. And they're going to tell you all about that. They're on a mission to show the world that vegan food is accessible and convenient for everyone. Welcome Carlo and Carmela. Thank you for having us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> So are you in Philly at this moment? We are. We were just <laughs> we were just looking at houses. Like literally the the real estate person just dropped us off to our car. <laughs> so you we used to live <laughs> You lived in New York and then you didn't move as far as Colorado Springs like JL, but you did move to Philadelphia to start a very special business. So tell us about that. Oh, Are you there, Carla or Carmela? We're here. Sorry. Sorry about that. <laughs> so, so tell us about V Marks the shop. Um, so V Marks the shop um, is right now we're an online uh, vegan convenience store, but we are in the process of opening up our brick and mortar store after the new year. Um, it'll be a place for vegans to come. Uh, find all their vegan favorites and specialty items. Um, it's also going to be a community space. So we're going to have people, you know, an area where people can come together. We'll do book signings and all other kinds of activities. Yeah, and we, we, re- we definitely want to reach out to non-vegans as well to have them come in because uh, Philadelphia has a really, really good growing uh, vegan scene, and a lot of omnivores are actually getting on board, which is very, very exciting. So we definitely want to have those folks come in as well, which we, we're pretty sure we're going to get that too. That's so cool. So I've been in a couple of shops that I think are kind of the same kind of stock that you're going to be handling. So just tell us, what's a vegan convenience store? So a vegan convenience store is pretty much a store that um, will have your everyday grocery, grab-and-go items, um, 100% vegan, so no animals, you know, or in any of the products. So it's, it actually becomes somewhat of a safe space for the vegans who can come in and not have to really worry, is this product really vegan? Um, you know, exception of your gluten-free and that sort of thing, yeah, you'll check your labels. But, you know, if you're looking for just vegan products, it's a place that you, you want to feel comfortable going into rather than going into your supermarket where you may pick up something and then take it home and find out it's not because the labeling may have been confusing. Right. Also, the nice thing is it's one stop. 
Uh, you don't have to go to three or four different stores to pick out a few items here and there. Everything in there is vegan, so you can just go in and get what you like. So it's it's one-stop shopping. Oh, that's so good. So we were talking earlier about the family traditions that have gone into the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook. So, Carla, you have a, a dish, uh, pasta isisi, and pronounce that again if I yes. said it wrong. But tell us about that no, dish. That's right. It's one of my absolute favorite dishes. Uh, it was uh, a dish that my grandmother used to make, and it was probably the first thing I ever tried to cook on my own, uh, partially because it was really easy to do, and it was just so tasty. Um, now, the thing with my grandmother is it was a little tricky getting the recipe onto paper because she never measured anything. Um, I think some some women of her generation in, from Italy uh, they did it with their hands. She used to say, I don't know, I just know it from my hands. So she'd pick up enough salt and pinch it and enough can of um, of chickpeas and onions. So it was all done by feel. So it was a little tricky getting it on the paper, but I think it's been perfected. But it's a very hearty, delicious dish. And what I like about it is that you can really have it any time during the year. It's great in the winter because it's hearty, but it's also it's also light enough that you can eat it in the spring or the summer. Um, it's it's really really delicious, and it's it's fairly healthy for you. I mean, chickpeas are loaded with all kinds of good stuff, so uh, it's it's one of my favorite dishes of all times. It sounds wonderful, and I love anything that harkens back to the Italian heritage. It just feels right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So we just love you guys so much. Congratulations on the shop. I hope you'll bring us in to do a book signing for this cookbook. Love <laughs> We'd that. love to yeah, inaugurate B Marks the Shop. Yes. Okay, guys, all the best and have a wonderful holiday season. Thank you. You too, Victoria. You're so welcome. Okay. Are we having fun today? We are having such a good time. I love just talking to everybody, especially after we worked, you know, really all of this time um, when we were getting recipe ideas from people and bringing and, and reading them and then communicating back and forth. It's just amazing to see what the final result was and to get to celebrate with everybody. And one of the things, again, I just feel like I'm just bragging enough that's going to last me all through the next year, but... It's such a beautiful book. And I think for me, I mean, I have 12 previous books. This is the first cookbook. So I've never had a book with illustrations before. So not (laughs) only are the photographs just glorious, but our publisher, Ben Bella Vegan, did such an amazing job with the design. And even the pages kind of have this wonderful sort of peach overtone. I mean, it's a paperback book to keep the price down, which is great. But it's kind of like a coffee table book, too, because it's just so pretty. It's beautiful. And we really should give a shout out to Jackie Sobin, who many mm -hmm. people know as Vegan Yak Attack. She is an incredible recipe creator in her own right, but she's an amazing food photographer. And because all I've ever worked on is the cookbook portion of any book, I have to say that it doesn't matter how great your recipes are. If people can't see it, it's very hard for them to imagine it. And I love that people are going to be able to pick up this book and through Jackie's photos, she brings to life these really creative recipes that our fellow coaches have contributed. It is beautiful. Yeah, so cool. Well, we have Carly's on the line. So why don't we speak right now to another recipe contributor, and that is Vicki Brett Gott. Vicki, are you here? Hi, Victoria. I sure am. Thank you. Hey, wonderful, wonderful to hear you. Thanks so much for being on the program and, and for being part of the book. You are another master vegan lifestyle coach and educator. And, oh, my gosh, you have taken so many courses. You are so serious about learning everything you can about this. You're a vegan culinary instructor, a certified personal chef, a graduate of the T. Colin Campbell Plant-Based Nutrition Program. You're Forks Over Knives Plant-Based Certified. You've taken Dr. McDougall. Starch Solution Program. So no wonder you're a blogger and photographer and recipe developer. And everybody listening, Vicki is the founder of Ann Arbor Vegan Kitchen. And we're going to put everybody's websites and URLs, and you can find all these great people on the show notes at MainStreetVegan.net. So Vicki, you're specializing now in personal coaching, consulting, 
cooking instruction, and creating amazing recipes for your own blog and sharing several with our book. Thanks a million. Thank you. So nice to be with all of you today. It's great. Now, I know you are of the whole food, plant-based culinary philosophy and and life practice. And when a lot of people hear that, they think, ooh, this recipe is going to taste like something is missing. But you have incredible recipes. Like you've given us this chocolate banana bread (laughs) that is just to die for it has no oil it's like how can it taste that good so tell us about your health philosophy and also how you can make food that tastes like you don't have a health philosophy well sure absolutely (laughs) um i'm i really am interested in what i think of as a heart healthy vegan diet and you know one that is really centered on fruits and vegetables and whole grains and legumes and primarily whole unrefined foods or at least minimally processed foods. And this way of eating, which, you know, is really called a you know, whole food plant-based diet, has been shown to um, prevent and reverse heart disease and diabetes and lower cholesterol and blood pressure and blood sugar and reduce the risk of many kinds of cancer. So I've kind of come to this way of eating, you know, which allows us to really do everything that matters to us, enhance our own personal health and engage our compassion and humanity and, you know, really find our best energy, save the planet at the same time and, and protect the lives of animals. So um, as, a, as a master vegan lifestyle coach, I work with clients that are really looking to find healthy ways of, of you know, putting ingredients together and looking for very effective strategies and shortcuts in a busy world to help them kind of put it all together. And so I really try to specialize, and and my passion is creating recipes for fabulous food using nutritious, low-fat, starch-based principles. And, you know, obviously, of course, I avoid all of the animal products, and obviously, you know, and, and highly refined processed foods as well. And so that's going to include oils, as well, you know, as well as white flour and white sugar. And um, a lot of people ask me, you know, why am I eliminating the oil? Because that's definitely a choice that is, you know, kind of a subset. Um, not everyone chooses to do that. But um, I do because I feel that um, expressed oils or using the extracted oils um, really reduces the nutritional impact of the food. So we're better off, for, or many of us are, trying to eat a whole nut and avocado and olive rather than, you know, the extracted oils from those foods in order to really improve the nutritional profile of each ingredient. So, you know, for many people, processed oils have been found to have kind of a negative um, impact on their blood chemistry and on their blood vessel health and can increase the risk of heart disease. So for a lot of people, that's a real important concern. And you do this in in a culinary way that is just so exquisite. So if you could give us your top three tips for being a whole foods plant-based cook so that people will love what comes out of your kitchen, what would those three tips be? Well, I think the really most important thing is that, of course, the food has to taste delicious. So I think it's really important to start with food that you love, thinking about, you know, comfort foods and foods that are favorite, favorites, you know, that you've always enjoyed, and really thinking about what ingredients will help to increase the flavor and make the texture yummy and you know, overall, make sure that it's the type of food that makes you want to come back again and again. So for me, it's really exciting. I love to bake, and so it's always fun to, you know, kind of find, look for ways to make healthier versions of these familiar, you know, comfort foods that we love. Well, you've certainly done it. Do you want to talk a little bit about that chocolate banana bread? <laughs> I would love to. It's really one of my favorites. And Oh, it, it's, I say, it. it's incredible. <laughs> I mean, it's, 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 it's rich. If I hadn't made it myself, I would never have looked at that list of ingredients and tasted that pastry and thought they were the same recipe. 
So that's one of my favorite things to do is to try to create a recipe that, um, you know, someone may not, who is not vegan, will not notice that it is not vegan. Um, and, you know, making it have all of the charm of the original food. Um, and, you know, I, I, I really, I tend to always have too many bananas. So that sort of was one of the inspirations for this recipe. But I really, I think, started with my mom's recipe that I grew up with um, for her banana bread and did a lot of creative swapping, you know, removing what would have been in her recipe, white flour, white sugar, eggs, and oil. And, you know, when you think of that or tell someone that you're removing the flour, the sugar, the eggs, and the oil, they think, well, what is there? What's going to be left in that recipe? So, of course, that's where I started to add things back. And so I used um, a whole grain flour. I like to use white whole wheat flour, um, although someone could definitely use uh, gluten-free if that was something important to them. And adding in maple syrup and vanilla and I'm a confessed chocoholic, so I love to throw in, you know, a handful of vegan chocolate chips into things that I bake. Um, and so one day I just was particularly inspired, and I threw in some cherries, and oh my goodness, the result was amazing. So I have been doing it ever since. Mm, and beautiful. Beautiful helps a lot, too. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, so Ann Arbor Vegan Kitchen, everybody, follow this woman. She's brilliant. She's wonderful. Thank you so much for your contribution to the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook and for taking your time to come on the program today. My pleasure. Thank you. All the best. Wow, JL, this is going rapidly. I know, it always does. <laughs> okay, now, last but not least, we are going to bring on Colette Rice. And I think of all of our recipe creators, JL, we talk the most about Colette's recipes because they're very gourmet. And so just as you were saying, the recipes <laughs> cover the gamut of different kinds of, of culinary styles. Lots are really simple, and lots are, are more unique and, and um, a little bit more complex, but oh my gosh, the results are, are well worth it. So Colette, Colette Rice, lives in her native oh. California, hey there, after many years as an opera singer, actor, and stage director in New York City. I feel like this whole show has been people who've left New York, all except me. <laughs> An enthusiastic cook who's worked as a private chef, Colette's love of all things culinary, took an unexpected turn when conscience prodded her to go vegan seven years ago, radically changing her take on ingredients and recipes. And she was, a little bit of trivia here, a classmate of JL's in the very first Main Street Vegan Academy class back in 2012. Welcome, Colette. Thank you so much. It's great to talk to both of you. Hey, Colette. How would you describe yourself as a cook in just a few words? What kind of cook are you? I, I think that uh, I am a, a, a good home cook who has a little bit of a bent for the gourmet and the professional. I like to keep it reasonably simple on a day-to-day -day basis, but for special occasions, I really like to do it up. I think I've always considered myself, you know, people say, are you an introvert or an extrovert? And I always say, I'm an ambivert. I have a lot of both introvert and extrovert in me. And the great thing about cooking is that you get to sort of show off and hide at the same time. So it's always <laughs> been a wonderful way for me to kind of express my creativity while at the same time just you know, being able to uh, go off on my own and be my, my own creator. So it's it's been great. I love it. Well, that's a very interesting phrase, show off and hide, because you have a theater background, and I have heard actors say that that's exactly what they do. They're up there with an audience, and yet they're not really there. Their character is there. That's right. And, you know, as a cook, you, you're, you put your food out there. And so it's, uh, it very much suits my, my personality, but I love the creativity of it. I love delicious food. And I come from a long line of really, really good home cooks. So I grew up on highly seasoned, interesting food. I had a grandmother who could go to any restaurant and come home and recreate the dish. She had no training whatsoever. She just understood flavor, you know, so deeply. So it's in the genes, I guess. 
<laughs> mm, that's fascinating. Well, when you use the word flavor, you reminded me that we do have an endorsement for this book from um, Dornan. And Page, authors of the Flavor Bible and the Vegetarian Flavor Bible. And that's really cool that these people who are very, very big in the culinary world like our book. So I think for uh, all of us with recipes in there, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Can I just say one of the things that I really enjoyed, um, Colette, about your recipes and hearing you describe your approach, it just kind of all puts it together for me now, is that when, Victoria, when you and I first started kind of mapping out what we hoped this book would do, we wanted it to be a book where someone who's never cooked vegan food before could grab the book and make a delicious meal. We also wanted people who've been cooking vegan for years to grab this book and have solid information and have some recipes that would challenge them. And I think your approach, Colette, of somebody who wants to put meals together pretty quickly, but then also wants that day when you're like, let's do this. And that really comes through in your recipe. And I want the foodies to know that, that, you know, it, this is for a beginner vegan. This is for a longtime vegan. We, we cover everything. Um, and your, your recipes really illustrate that. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, well, they do for sure. It's Colette's recipes and also uh, Carolina Malia Quijada, who is a Cordon Bleu chef in the Miami area and one of our graduates. Uh, boy, you, you and Carolina Colette could just uh, have your own kind of cook-off because <laughs> the recipes are amazing. So tell us about the mushroom chowder. This was so interesting to me because you really pulled out the stops and, and you're inviting us to use lots of different kinds of mushrooms. It's a beautiful recipe. Thank you so much. It's, you know, my mother loved mushroom chowder, and she used to make it. It was, of course, not vegan at that time. And it was, um, for me, it's very much an onset of winter comfort food. It's a good mushroom chowder. And so it was one of the things I first wanted to veganize when I when I changed to my vegan lifestyle. And um, so I started experimenting with it. And, of course, I also was at the same time trying to find some healthy additions to my diet because I became vegan for ethical reasons for the animals and the health portion of our of the opportunity that we have as a vegan was something that I started exploring a little bit later. So you have Dr. Joel Furman and his G-bombs, all the healthy things we should eat every day. Well, mushrooms are the M in the G-bombs. And so I, I'm always looking for ways to incorporate them into my diet because they give us so many good health benefits. So the mushroom chowder um, was basically me taking what my mother used to do, adding a few more exotic kinds of mushrooms to it, and veganizing it using cashew cream, vegetable stock, and uh, tempeh, which sometimes I smoke myself and sometimes I buy smoked tempeh or I buy any other vegan bacon, quote, product, um, basically you're looking for that smoky flavor. And so that can come, you know, with just about anything. And uh, my favorite way to do it is actually to put a little tempeh in maple syrup and liquid smoke and let it sit there and then brown that and get it nice and brown and then chop it up and put it into the soup. And it just gives it that lift of smokiness. And then we use fresh herbs in this. And I go to the farmer's market whenever I can, and I get every different kind of mushroom I can get. In the fall, we start having a short season of chanterelle mushrooms, and I make this as much as I can during that period. Um, so it's the variety of mushrooms, the fresh herbs, the cashew cream, which actually I like better than using milk, which we used to use. It just gives it such a lift of umami. So it's, it's a favorite of mine. I'm really glad that you both liked it, too. Oh, we did. We and did. I'm so and we glad you brought up about, umami. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We we are almost done, but but JL, give us an umami definition. So we talk about umami a lot in this book because I believe it's the secret ingredient to plant-based and vegan cooking. And it simply means bringing a savory element of satiety and flavor and smell, aroma to cooking. And so Colette soup is a perfect example of that. Not just the mushrooms, which are umami ingredients, but also the liquid smoke and roasting and grilling and braising is a way to bring out an umami element. And so when you're thinking about making a dish and it's a savory dish and you want to please non-vegans in the household, ask yourself, how am I bringing in umami into this for that sense of savoriness and satiety? And we give you all kinds of tips in the book on how to do that. 
We do, we do. The Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook. Oh my gosh, I can't believe we're nearly out of time. Colette, bless your heart. And thank you for your wonderful recipes and all the time that you put into those. Thanks to all of our guests today and to everybody at Unity Online Radio, particularly Jeff Comfort, our wonderful engineer who makes everything go smoothly. Now, if you've been listening to the program for a while, you know that we always take a holiday break. And this year, that's going to be extended so that Unity Online Radio can completely redo their studio and their sound system and their computer system. So when you turn in for the first Main Street Vegan show of 2018, you are going to get a major audio upgrade. And this is so exciting. I'm just chomping at the bit to tell you about this. Our show is going to have a super cool new theme song. I can hardly wait to share that. Oh my gosh, it's, you're going to get such a kick. And on that first program of the year that will be live on January 10th, we'll have the songwriter and performer of the full song that we're going to be using pieces of. His name is Rob Mills. He'll be joining us all the way from the UK. And the first guests of the new year will be Nelson Campbell of Plant Pure Communities and his dad, one of our favorites, Dr. T. Colin Campbell, as the two of them go out on their Healing America tour. And that's healing in more ways than one. So you'll want to be in on this. For now, oh my gosh, what a wonderful lunch party for the Main Street Vegan Academy cookbook. Thanks to everybody again who's been part of this. May your holiday season be rich and memorable and just filled with love from your vegan friends and family and the non-vegan ones too. And you know, you and I may have never met, but that doesn't matter. You mean a whole lot to me. Thank you so, so much for listening to this program and subscribing and telling people about it. Much merriment to all. Until next year, God bless you and eat your colorful Christmas veggies. All the best. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Haven't we all stood on the bank of a quiet pond and tossed a stone into the water? Haven't we seen the ripples move outward from the place where the stone entered the water until the whole surface of the pond danced with the movement of energy? Before long, we could no longer clearly see the point where the stone entered the water. My inner environment of thoughts and feelings behaves much like a pond. When I introduce a thought of peace into my mind and heart, that single thought creates a ripple effect that really does change the world. From its beginning point within me, Peace ripples out to fill my inner world and continues to move out into the world around me. Peace can begin with me. To find a Unity Church near you, please visit our website at www.unity.org.
The world is full of voices, advertising, television, politics, colleagues, family, and friends. All are too happy to tell us how to live. In all of that noise, it's easy to miss the one voice that matters, your own soul. What would happen if you could hear that voice? Imagine the clarity, confidence, and courage that would be yours and the life you could create. Join Janet Connor, best-selling author of Writing Down Your Soul, The Lotus and the Lily, and Your Soul Wants Five Things, as she and her guests explore how to hear the call of the soul and create the soul-directed life. Live Thursday at 1 p.m. Central, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Go inside to find my God. Intuition is our spiritual GPS and the single best tool that we have for navigating our lives. I'm Victoria Shaw. And on my Intuitive Connection podcast, I will share with you the ways to connect with your intuition and awaken the gifts of your soul. In each episode, I'll draw on my own intuitive gifts and my training as an Ivy League trained counselor and psychologist to help support you in reaching your highest potential. Start listening now on Mind Body Spirit FM Podcast Network or wherever you find your podcasts. 